I injured John Morrison so bad that Mr. Laurinaitis had to release him. I'd actually like to take this opportunity to wish John Morrison the best in all his future endeavors. Welcome to Cheap Podcast, episode number 27. You're fired. <laughs> Is that what it's called? And I'm, I'm sure I'll think up something more clever for Ooh, the burn, actual... Burn on the Laser Time episode called You're Fired. It, oh, right. Mm-hmm. You never use that clip, though. On the entire show. It was which, called Restraint. Yeah. Which clip? This clip. <laughs> I've seen it in so many things. I don't know who he's firing. Oh, so many he, different people. He uses that all the time. Okay, so you made it sound like it, like it's that was a specific you're fired. All right. Yeah, he said that all the time. He'd uh, usually after somebody joined the Kiss My Ass Club. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, he would say it when he was uh, kayfabe firing somebody. Yes. Mostly. Mm-hmm. That's why this is a. F- he, I, I'm taking this from a five minute YouTube supercut of him saying you're fired. So here's a completely different firing. Oh. I was actually there for that one. That was, he was saying, I will tell you, Stone Cold, screw you, you're fired. Yeah, I I think I watched the Stone Cold documentary recently, trying to fall asleep, and that was definitely in there. The the topic of this episode, since uh, some of us have uh, been uh, future-endeavored as of late, (laughs) I thought it would make a nice nice tie-in to uh, what is probably the WWE's biggest ever batch of future endeavors uh mm. so this this past week oh, the wait, w- we haven't introduced ourselves oh right right i oh, am so big on that henry God. yeah i know it, it, <laughs> i know we never have first time listeners That's so true. Not. uh i am dave on the dole rudden <laughs> uh i'm henry gilbert and i got three words for you we're taking over <laughs> i'm high chris the, uh, the artist can... formerly known as Gr- the male there baby. you go there you go <laughs> the male booty can I use that still Have, has anyone heard that before uh, only every time yes. who are the stoner what's a stoner wrestler I know there was uh, it's one time RVD man. oh RVD yeah he's RVD high times of the man of the year a couple times <laughs> and it's it's my medicine now Henry yeah. this is another semi bonus episode Ooh. you know we're a couple weeks away from money in the bank mm-hmm. 2014 so uh, what we're covering this week is Yes, the biggest batch of future endeavors ever. There were 10 people uh, cut from the WWE roster last week. Mm-hmm. Um, usually they'll do like three or four at a time, and there'll be one person who's like from NXT who's like, or or their de- developmental league before yeah. NXT even came around, mm-hmm. where it's like, I don't know who this is, and I kind of don't care. But now this was like, almost everyone on this list is somebody that I recognize. Mm-hmm. Granted, I've been hosting a, a wrestling podcast <laughs> for a year and a half now. Yeah, Where's but the the, I remember one of the last ones, uh, the last bits of them. Mm-hmm. I think Chris Hero was part of it. Like he was, it, he was. I think he was just like a separate of a. Okay. Of the, like, but I also remember every time there would be cuts, people would joke. Mm-hmm. Somehow the JTG was still employed, but yes. this time, well, he was the last person. Like so, it was something that came up all. Do day. you have a list? Uh, I, I know, do. Yeah. Starting, I guess they did it. Um, I'm going off of the official. Like WWE actually announces this stuff on their website, which is pretty insane. Well, I think they'd rather they want to look like they have nothing to hide with that stuff. I guess I think I think that's really it. That Mm -hmm. they, if they didn't announce it, I think also they want to get ahead of the news of something like that. It Mm -hmm. used to be when a wrestler could announce, "I'm done with WWE." Now they just get to put out a press release every time saying. Mm Blankety blank is is no longer with the company. We wish them the best in their future endeavor, which became so synonymous with the company that in the new reality era of wrestling, that is what Triple H will say to people when he (laughs) storyline fires them instead of saying you're fired. Mm -hmm. They didn't actually make, make that phrase famous, did they? 
They use it a lot. Like, I, I don't think... They definitely weren't the first people to use no, it. Just one. But it just became their boilerplate for mm. uh, l- releasing someone from their contract. Mm-hmm. And instead, like, it, it's become a thing they're known for now. But sorry, you were going to say, who was released? Going on the WWE list, at the very top is JTG, who was G- one of the longest... He's the longest tenured of this group, besides Teddy Long, but we'll get to him a little bit later. But he's the longest tenured wrestler. He was around mm. for about seven years. He started out as part of a tag team called Crime Time, yeah. which was <laughs> kind of a racist. Uh, like I, I, I heard, like the closest comparison that 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 rung the most true for me. I think it was on a. It was on with leather. They do a lot of wrestling recaps, but they described Crime Time as the equivalent of. The in living color. No, they would they would sell things out of the back of the truck. No oh, yeah. money. Oh, with no credit, no problem. No yeah. money, no problem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Anthony Michael Hall was his. Uh, no, they, they, no, he did it on SNL first. Oh, Anthony I see. Michael Hall was his partner. Uh, oh yeah, they, they stole it. And did it with David Allen Greer. No, mm-hmm. I think it was Keenan and Damon. I think yeah. it's Keenan and Damon. Wow. I thought I thought you were really high for a second, but that yeah. was actually that totally happened. Yeah. What are you high? That's yes. one of like the few memorable things that uh, Anthony Michael Hall did on SNL. Yeah. Uh, and it, it is the black scent he uses to creep you out in weird science. Yeah, what it is, me? <laughs> that movie, boy! <laughs> I had so many good memories. Of that movie, that movie is. It's creepy. Like it's, it is well, okay. It's not ass, but like it's barely a movie. You didn't think it was dated in this way, yeah? As well, like there's a lot of weird shit in there. Well, yeah. And then there's also basically like it's the this close to date rape with a couple of the girls. The, their no, two and, like, main love interests. servitude and well, no, but those women, the their love interests in the movie who fall in love with him, mm-hmm. like. They trick them into sex. They completely trick them into sex. And then when they find out they were tricks, yeah. they're like, I love you anyway. I'm just glad I had sex with you. Like, it's revenge, what woman revenge, would ever revenge say Revenge of the Nerds that. set the bar for that kind of shit. I know. Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, revenge of the Nerds has a character who, for real, rapes a woman. Main like, character. He, in, a, in a licensed George Lucas. Yeah. Wrestling. <laughs> wrestling. Yeah. Uh, so I have clips for a few of right, JTG. Uh, so I got to interview him once. You did? Yeah. It was uncomfortable because I didn't know him that well. Same and, here. Yeah. This was WrestleMania 25, yep. and I was out of the, the game for a I bit. I don't know who he is. Me too. Yeah, he's part of, he was part of a rap-themed tag team for probably his first two or three years. I remember years. staring into his grill. He had quite <laughs> a grill. But he was the little guy that was, he was well, not little, but yeah. he... I think he was shorter than me, but yeah. it was him wow. and the and the then the Shod. giant man, Shad, Shad, yeah. yeah. I, but see, anyway, yeah. Well, like I just remember, like I knew like half of the people at this event because this was mm-hmm. WrestleMania 25. I hadn't watched wrestling regularly for three or four years, mm-hmm. and I was just like, "Who is this guy?" And I remember one of the swag things they gave us was a WWE encyclopedia, mm-hmm. and wow. I remember Pretty like good. he was coming down the like the interview row, mm-hmm. and I'm like desperately searching for this guy and i'm like i have to use the actual press materials to figure out who this guy is <laughs> yeah. i was very yeah i felt bad for him because he is like he i don't remember i've seen his matches since like i, I don't know how much he was into that character but yeah. he was given a bad character that i think he did a good job with yeah and i i felt i always feel bad for like tag teams that the tag team titles are meaningless mm-hmm. But it all, so I feel bad for when a tag team that if you're together long enough and you never win the titles, yeah. not unlike I hate to name another black team, but the pro, the primetime yeah. players, it's kind of disappointing. Like the Usos were almost in that way too. Like they were just this utility tag team that yeah. just kind of wrestled for like three or four years, and they at least finally got to win it. So here is a clip of Crime Time interacting <laughs> with uh, King Booker and Queen Charmel and Jonathan Coachman. So this is um, entirely... It's Af- all African-Americans. Yeah. So you know the WWE is going to be very racially sensitive. Oh, yeah. You know what I go? You know what I'm saying? King BZ, Queen Sheezy, Coach Sheezy. How's your boy, baby? Holla back. Holla back, baby. Well, See y'all later. Hey. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. What? What? 
They stole his wallet. Maybe they felt it was okay because he was black on black crime. Uh, maybe like number one, that all feels like it was written by a white person. Like it just. In, I love the King Booker character yeah. when he's just like, no, I'm British now, and then yeah. that he completely like <laughs> never seen dis- this disowns his background. Like yeah. he used to, his thing was to go like King Booker, and he would always have the pinky sticking out. Yeah. Like he was yeah. the last great King of the Ring, but you mean just yeah. someone with the name King. No, he be- he won the King of the Ring. Oh, yeah, tournament. everyone else like who has been who has won the King of the Ring is just like, I'm the king. I'm the best at wrestling. But he was like, I'm literally royalty. I have become. Well, what about the King of Hearts? Yeah, yeah he was good. Like he was just like my brother was the King of the Ring. I'm the King of the Ring. I'm the better mm-hmm. King of the Ring. I'm the King of Hearts. I love. But he was he... never like I'm officially royalty. I love that shot of him wearing the crown and the robe. Mm-hmm. Uh, now the crown and the cloak with this big grin on his face. Owen just has this like. <laughs> But yeah, JTG. So somehow he had survived all these like cuts, even though like he had, he probably hadn't been on superstars. In oh movies. yeah, I, I like, can't I can't even remember the last time I actually saw like he wasn't on NXT, he wasn't on anything. Yeah, and I like when he got Future Endeavored, his Twitter like message was, "Damn, I shouldn't have picked up my phone." Like he literally <laughs> like I think he was one of those like like that, that was the joke I'd heard. He was like the you... Milton of uh like the Milton of Office Space to WWE. Like we just. <laughs> We forgot that we uh, stopped paying him. Yeah, the the joke I read was that apparently if they answer your phone, then they can fire. It's sort of like you know a, yeah. a legal summons. Mm-hmm. Like so, by finally answering his phone, they're like, "Nope, well, we got you. You're laid off. <laughs> like, you're gone." But so JTG, but who else? Yes. So uh, the next two are part of the same former faction. It's uh, Drew McIntyre and Jinder Mahal. That's a bring down, man. Really, that was the most surprising. That well, those, I, I don't know. Well, MB was doing so much lately. Yeah, and you've seen them. They were on two consecutive pre-shows as part of the... Oh, I uh, didn't know Hort- the name. Accessories to Little People. Yeah, mm-hmm. so they were part of the WLC match mm-hmm. and then the hair versus mask match between Hornswoggle mm-hmm. and El Torito. They, I've seen them tag team before, right? Yeah, yeah. They really made... a. Uh, a diamond out of the coal that mm. was both of those matches premises which is mm. midget matches which never like get the audience interested during these pay-per-views but like they were like jumping onto tables and like putting themselves in harm's way oh, during tiny these... chairs yeah but well, they also were... the three mb was a shitty it's a yeah. shitty gimmick it's the loser team oh yeah that's... they never win but like they was... lost both of those matches yeah but they were that's what's fun about them though yeah. that they were like losers and it's weird that like Jinder Mahal they weren't doing anything with like, yeah. but I was at least glad that they were like, okay, he's just a party dude with the other party dudes. Like his race has nothing to do with his character. Like that was nice. Well, meanwhile, Drew McIntyre like he seemed to be marked for greatness. Like he was yeah. an icy champ pretty early in his run, and he like wrestled with uh, he had a bit with the Miz at some point, I believe. Yeah. I mean, that was all a little bit before I started really watching. I WWE. only found this out from watching the um, Ladder in the Bank collection, which has every uh. Ladder in the Bank. All right, but yeah, but they kept Heath Slater, though, because they need yeah. somebody to job to Vader when, when he comes to town. So I have a, have a clip of that. Uh, this is actually, I believe it's 3MB's first interview. Okay. So it's um, Jinder and Drew describing their roles within the band. Chris, if you if you if you're interested in 3MB's Genesis, I this am. this is what they, I these... went to go get my phone so I could Google who you're talking about. Jinder Mahal and Drew McIntyre. So you know the red-haired guy in 3MB, like he's the leader. Then yeah. there's the Indian guy and the Scottish guy. Okay. The one guy who's wearing leather jeans and a turban. You know that guy? <laughs> really? He made he did, he made his best effort to be memorable too. All right. Well, here's them describing their roles within the band. Each are very talented musicians and we take our craft very seriously, but I can admit, I'm kind of the class clown. I have the reputation of being the fun one. When people think rock stars, they think pathetic, scrawny toothpicks. They think Bono. (laughs) If his life was on the line, I guarantee you he could not do one deadlift. That's beautiful, man. Ah, that's great. (laughs) I remember the uh, the WWE story uh, to the WWE video game storyline mode mm-hmm. had a really great use of Drew McIntyre one year in uh, Road to WrestleMania yeah. where 
It was Seamus's. And Seamus created basically the unite a, a, a faction that was the United Kingdom. Mm-hmm. It was him representing Ireland, mm-hmm. Wade Barrett representing the UK, uh, McIntyre representing Scotland, and then one William more, Regal also William Regal also from the UK, yes. And that and then eventually they break up because obviously the Irishman and the and the Brit cannot mm-hmm. get together. And so he defeats Wade Barrett and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I don't know. I thought that it was, was really reportedly cool. something that Seamus actually pitched that got shot down, but they See, put it into a game. So no, he's got those, he's got that. Those games legacy. sometimes have better stories yeah. than well, not sometimes, often would have better stories than what could be executed on the show. Though, admittedly, what you can do in the game, you don't have to worry about week to week ratings or what the audience's yeah. immediate reaction to something. Moving on down the list is Oksana. Who, that was a shocker. I don't know. She didn't really. She never really amounted to much. She was Cesaro's valet for like a couple months. Oh yeah. And then she was one of the worst wrestling divas. Like she, kind of the one that couldn't really pull out a great match. Okay, but not worse than Eva Marie. Right? Yeah, that's true. But Eva Marie's on their reality show. At least the, she's fresh. Too. Yeah. And Oksana apparently got in trouble because she is the one that, uh, like, she broke. One oh, of the she was the one that messed up her eye, yeah. the funkadactyl's eye. That's too bad. And if you watch the clip, it's literally like she, she she's in, up. she's yeah. in a spot where she she's not sure how she's supposed to counter this move, so she does this knee drop, and it's not even impressive knee drop. It's just like she points her knee at the person's face and drops down on it, and it's mm. like, yeah, you just no, broke her eye. T- like, yeah. yeah, she was not taking care of her. Like yeah. that's that is you read it over and over again in these wrestling books of just like even when they say like i hate this person but they you trust them with your body like yeah. you you don't take liberties or and you don't fuck up like that that's yeah. being a responsible wrestler i heard she had kind of an embarrassing exit on last week's raw that like i think it was fox yeah. that like poured a bunch of shit on her and no like, that's that's a different feud. That that's oh. the other female feud. The other female feud is Layla and Summer Rae, where they're 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 literally just pouring milk on each other and pushing each other into things. Like uh, Layla was pushed into the makeup table, so she got caked with makeup while she was had milk on her body. And then the next week, uh, she got revenge by pouring kitty litter on Summer Rae and then pouring milk on her and rubbing uh, her face in the kitty litter. Oksana just got beat up by Alicia Fox. Who was okay, crazy Alicia girl. Fox just beat her up. Yeah. But uh, also, I heard this week's Raw was like one of the worst in a long time. Like, eh, it, had, it had one or two. I heard it had a vomit angle in it. It had a vomit angle. That was kind of terrible. Sounds written by Vince McMahon. Yeah. I had read, I had heard that Jim Ross say this multiple times since getting mm-hmm. Future Endeavored himself. Actually, he was retired. Yeah. Uh, but he said that. Vince loves scatological humor. Yeah. And he said, if you want to get hired as a writer, send them a pitch with, that involves defecation and you will be hot. Loud and clear, buddy. We'll be right back. <laughs> get, get your pitch ready. Six weeks of storyline. Send it over to Vince. But Just, the way... If it involves poop. So let me paint you a quick picture of that clip. It's... Uh, so uh, Vicky Guerrero gave Stephanie McMahon coffee that had been tampered with. Mm-hmm. And... You hear Stephanie off camera vomiting, and Triple H says, "I'm not going to talk to her. You go in and tell her and find out what's up." And when she opens the door, it's like, you know, those Saturday Night Live skits where they fake vomit and you can see the, they, have, wrist, they have right? the tube. It's like the WWE finally got that after like it was delayed in shipping for 15 years, <laughs> and it's literally like yeah, like a shotgun full of vomit like every like three seconds for about a minute. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it was. I mean, it went. It kind of came around to being funny, and then it was not funny. Oh. But they also had Stardust on the most recent round, which was pretty weird. It's Cody Rhodes, you know, oh. Goldust's brother. Yeah. Now he's like another Goldust. Is except, he? Wait, that's except, happening now? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, and <laughs> and his thing is that he's got stars. He's he's got the same gold and black makeup, but it's got it, he's got stars all over himself. Like he's got a star on his face, and when he puts his arm hands together, it's another star. It's really cool. I so thought yeah, it was lame. That was the cutest you you just ever seen. <laughs> yeah, when he puts his hands together, it makes. <laughs> Too bad for Oksana. Yeah, who's uh, Oksana? Yeah, nobody. Uh, <laughs> up next, Kurt Hawkins. Who's Kurt Hawkins? 
Um, he was kind of at a loss sa- there. Sounds like their fourth grade teacher. Yeah, Kurt Hawkins was he was uh, the tag team partner for Zack Ryder when they first started. Ooh, he oh, was. He when was. They were the Edgeheads. Yeah, that's right. So the whole thing was they looked like Edge. They <laughs> had blonde, long blonde hair. So they would help out Edge, and sometimes they would like do the like switch out with him during mm-hmm. matches and the classic demolition switch up. Yeah, even though they don't really look all. All that similar in the face, same, yeah. but they, yeah, they were Edge's cronies, and then they were, I guess, a tag team for a little bit after that, and mm-hmm. then I think he was doing like, yeah, he was doing training in like NXT and other places, but he just like he was not doing a lot of things. He had a cane for a while. That was the thing I remembered. <laughs> he 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 would come to the ring holding a cane, not one that like because he was injured, but just because it was like screwed McDuck. Well, this does make me happy. With this. It does make me happy, Zack Ryder. Uh, survive this round. Yeah. I read this was all because, like, WWE is facing big losses this year thanks to the network. And so, yeah, it's not doing that good. Now they're passing along those uh, those prices onto their uh, talent. Yep. Mm-hmm. Still seems like that's not the way to make up money. Well, I mean, the money, the ne- the the money they're down. The network is so great, though. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm shocked more people don't sign up for it. I yeah. really do love the network. Like, I mean, I'm reading rumors that it's losing customers because of mm-hmm. people who, like, signed up. And I guess didn't have the sixty bucks to actually cover it. Like they oh, like so they, they, credit. It, that's right. You commit to six months, but they still charge you once a month. Yeah, ten bucks. So if your credit, if you just killed your credit card, then they'd cancel your subscription. There's no reason to like the way that like the product they've been putting out lately is not really been impressive. Like mm-hmm. every pay per view we watch, it's like it's just the same thing as WrestleMania again. Well, the, the, the last two had good matches. Yeah, but a lot of them were recycled, and it's like, how are you mm-hmm. going to sign up? How are you going to get new people to sign up for this when it's, when it's this? the same? Even their good matches, it's all these rematches. Yeah. Who else? Uh, Theodore Long, Teddy oh, Long. Oh, Teddy Long. Yeah. As I recall, Ooh. Teddy Long these days is known as the. I, I've seen it in recaps called the Teddy Long Special, which is when which they did on SmackDown a million times. Yeah. The start of a segment is. One one dude comes out, starts talking. Another guy comes out to argue with him, and then, then I a third, then a, two more guys come out and say like, "No way, I'm number one. No way, I am." Teddy Long says, "You know what? I've got it." Okay. Well, he also has the tag team special. I'm yeah, sorry, usually the tag team special is like, in your main event tonight, the tag team match between basically combining two singles matches from the pay-per-view into one tag team match. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. not that Teddy Long invented it. Like, that has been that has been a standard of televised wrestling for forever. That's mm-hmm. always what you do on your TV match is to give to put a tag match of your <laughs> two main events together. Like, it's it's just an easy way to have to have a match. Like just to fill time, but yeah, Teddy Long before that, like he was, he had the not so politically correct character in the past of just like the slick black manager mm-hmm. who was just very like urban, as they would say. Yeah, yeah. That he he was usually managing militantly black characters too, like or at least like menacingly black guys. Easy. Like, I'm he just, was, yeah. He really was like a jack of all trades because he started in WCW as a referee, then became the re- uh, like a manager in WCW, went then went to WWE in the late '90s as a referee again, <laughs> and like they never referenced what he did in WCW, mm-hmm. and stayed a referee for a bunch of years, then became a manager again, then became the like the general yeah, manager yeah. of SmackDown. So he's like, I'm surprised that he got cut because it's like he could have just become a referee again or like done another <laughs> he's, old, he's very versatile There's... but it made me sad that wrestlemania that he lost his uh they lost that match to joe john laurinaitis which may mm-hmm. as well be the last split brand match there ever was <laughs> yeah that was a really that was he had such a cool entrance there's also a great one it's not on the network yet but there's a really good Legends of Wrestling episode that's about race in wrestling. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. That uh, is an interesting mix. So it's hosted by, I believe that was one of the ones hosted by Jim Ross. No, by Jim Ross. So (laughs) on it was Teddy Long, Tony Atlas, Mm -hmm. also like, you know, uh, one of the few like big name black stars of the 80s. And then two white guys, Dusty Rhodes, who even he would admit ripped off like every black star around. And like (laughs) people would make fun of him as like, you're just trying to act black. Like that was his thing in the seventies and eighties that people would mock him for. And then the other one is cowboy Bill Watts, which was a really interesting choice because Bill Watts is like famous to some as a racist and famous to <laughs> other, and famous to others as like a very, of a, of a pioneer of black stars in, mm-hmm. in wrestling. Like, cause he was, he was a promoter in the South mid South wrestling and he was one of the first people who was like, oh, the people love this guy called Junkyard Dog. I will make him number one in my territory. I don't care what color he is because he makes me tons of money. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves this guy. It was him doing the opposite of put, holding down a black guy. He mm-hmm. was elevating him, mm-hmm. though not for like political reasons. And same with like one of his best friends was called Big Cat Ernie Ladd, who was a very like famous wrestler, black mm-hmm. wrestler in the South. Then oppositely for Bill Watts, he, he said a no-no word, and the liberals went wah-wah. Well, no, what happened... <laughs> Negates everything you do. Bill Watts was an old-school guy. Like, he had some libertarian <laughs> values. He's cowboy Bill Watts. Um, like, that's his thing. And so, he also... He got put in charge of WCW. And he was trying to, like, act like a big shot or whatever. This is how they people uh, covered for it. But he, he give, was giving an interview. Mm-hmm. And he said that, like, something to the effect of, I'm not racist, but... If I support the fact that if a business owner doesn't want to serve black people, they shouldn't have to. It's his business. Now, when that quote came, and it was him more, I bet he would say something along the lines of like, I, I, you know, I'm just putting words in his mouth. But what happened in the end was when that quote got moved up the ranks at Mm -hmm. Turner, where he worked, and when somebody gave it to Hank Aaron, who was a Turner employee... Out goes Bill Watts. And so in the years since Bill Watts is trying to cover the fact that like he's trying to say, like, I'm not racist. I did all this great stuff for black people. My best friends are black. Like anyway, it's a really interesting Legends of Wrestling on that subject. Like, I'd really want to see it. It's really good. Sorry. He, he Teddy was, so, and Teddy Long's on it. There was one other bit on it where Teddy they Tony Atlas says he had never really seen that much racism in promoters. Mm-hmm. And then Teddy Atlas, uh, Tony Atlas is being kind of nice. And then Teddy Long goes like, what are you talking about? I saw it all over the place. What about Ole Anderson? And then Tony Atlas says, what about him? Tony Atlas says, oh yeah, he'll call you an N word uh, as, as fast as anything. I was like, wow. Shocked they went on the record with that. Because it was also weird to see these old white guys yeah, on the panel weird. with him going like, oh yeah, that guy's a real racist. Like, <laughs> He's way more racist than me. <laughs> uh, so up next on the list was Camacho. The president oh. in Idiocracy? <laughs> uh, so I can't do that. Fire a fictional person? In real life, he was a Tongan-American wrestler. He was the son of Haku, who oh, was... Uh, I know him. Yeah, um, also known as Meng in WCW. Mm-hmm. Known like as one of the most legit tough wrestlers of the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. Like, would knock out wrestlers twice his size. Like, Andre the Giant was afraid of this guy. Yep. Mm-hmm. He could take a hit. That there was one story of that he was uh, at a very rowdy, like, uh, arena somewhere mm-hmm. that where they, I think it was outside the U.S., but it was somewhere where the audience was, like, throwing stuff at the, at the, uh, the bad guys mm-hmm. and they for real dropped, like, a brick on his head from yeah. up tie, and he, like, Dropped one knee, <laughs> then stood back up and went Jesus. back to the ring. Like, <laughs> a brick, but yeah, Camacho. It's surprised they could not get Camacho like uh, find any spot <laughs> for him because he's a big guy, right? Yeah. Uh, well, one thing about Meng, uh, uh, I'm reading this uh, quote from a Jake the Snake Roberts like shoot interview about uh, Meng. He says, "If I had a gun and was sitting inside a tank." With one shell left, and Meng is 300 yards away, he's mine, right? Well, the first thing I'm going to do is jump out of the tank and shoot myself because I don't want to wound that son of a bitch and have him pissed off at me. So, <laughs> and that's Jake the Snake Roberts, who uh, he'll play 21. 
Uh, I love Jake the Snake so much. But yeah, so this guy who is the son of one of the toughest wrestlers mm-hmm. ever was rebranded as a uh, Mexican low ride. Uh, his name, the wrestler was Camacho. Oh, Camacho. Oh, uh, he was teamed with team. Hunico, uh, <laughs> who was a, was an actual Mexican American wrestler. The he's now the he's Cholo now, Clubbers. Yeah, they they would come car, in. Right? They would come in on like a uh, I don't know Those what the exact, bicycles. Yeah, the, these weird yeah. like weird bicycles. Yeah. They would ride it together, and they were they they never got over. And he he stayed and kept his same gimmick while uh, Hunico became the new Sin Cara because the old Sin Cara was terrible. He really was shitty. <laughs> like would get injured at the drop of a of, of a pin. So <laughs> he he kind of he never changed his gimmick, and like he went to NXT and kind of had the same gimmick. And some people yeah. dropped pins on Sin Cara and that injured him. Yes. Uh, I finally that was it was slow to get that joke. Beautiful callback. Uh, <laughs> uh, so up next is I would say probably the second biggest surprise of the cuts. Brodus Clay. That was a shocker. Like it's so funny that mm-hmm. he like broke up his team just a few months ago by saying like I'm a main event guy. You guys are yeah. holding me back, and like that he went to NXT and then just gone. Yeah, like, I mean like it was just two years ago that I thought. Like, he was one of the guys who was destined for, like, a ton of success. Because he was on that SummerSlam WWE 13 yep, panel. Ago. It was That was a great panel. Mm-hmm. Well, that was weird first where, number one, looking back on it, like, I think within a week of us doing that interview, one of the Funkadactyls was, like, got a DUI oh, yeah. and they fired her. She got future endeavor then. Second, well, she no, they're both still around. Okay, well, yeah. all right. I was wor- there was concern she would get future endeavored, but she was yeah. not. But then second, that it was just so weird that like Brodus Clay did his he did his dance for us, like yeah. for this like very small theater of people, like maybe a hundred. Yeah, I've never felt more like the Illuminati except for that except at that point I'm like, yes, this man's dancing for us. Yeah. Well and then his dance <laughs> ends with him ripping his pants off, like his breakaway pants. Yeah. Like, this feels weird. Yeah, so Brodus Clay was on this panel with likes of Mike Tyson, Stone Cold Steve Austin, who like rarely makes WWE appearances, mm-hmm. um, CM Punk, like a bunch of people. Seamus. Yeah. Like, I look back on that one now and they were like using it as a test i think for things too because they were teasing like well would people be interested in seeing cm punk still cold and then also like there was a tiny bit of sheamus challenging cm punk Mm -hmm. being like well i'm the world heavyweight champion and i'm better than the world Mm -hmm. like it was it must have been them testing the waters for the 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 union of the belts too yeah and and but yeah, the Brodus Clay was on stage with him, like, and this was months, just a few months into the Funkadactyl. Yeah, so like, I suppose there's probably a better clip I could share of of Brodus Clay, like at that um, press event that we went to, mm-hmm. we were given brawling buddies. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I just remember for about a half year. How many? Well, they only had two at the event. Like, you either got the the Seamus Brawlin' buddy or the John Cena Brawlin' buddy. Oh, which one would you choose? I left my Seamus one in the hotel room. <laughs> Same <laughs> here. I was not going to take that shit on the plane. Same here. Let the maid have it if she I, wants I, to. <laughs> I made sure to, like, seat mine in the, like, the one, like, nice lounge seat. So when the, the maid came in, she'd be suitably freaked out about it. Oh, Seamus. Yeah. No, it is great to see the Brawlin' buddy, life-size Brawlin' buddy walking around at events like Access. Like, yeah. Those are great. Yeah, kicking in the shins like uh, the itchy uh, from. Oh wait, they actually do that. Yeah, there's well, a giant, giant waddle. John Cena yeah. one, yeah, waddling around. I felt, I felt <laughs> in the hot LA sun in August. Oh man, why hasn't he gotten in the ring before with John Cena? <laughs> so much magic had happened there. Uh, so here's that that one commercial that probably played about 50 times every time I wanted to like catch up on a video I missed on WWE.com. Yeah, he was. He did the. He he was made to be a cartoon. That was his character. And the way that commercial ended was they're playing with his brawling buddy, and he, uh, what's that guy? Uh, hmm. The the big fruit punch guy that bursts through walls. Kool Aid Man. Kool Aid Man. He Kool Aid Man's oh, through. Yeah. He, he, he busts through the wall and says, "Is that my theme music?" <laughs> and it's like, 
You should, he could have just done that. Like he could be the new Shockmaster. <laughs> he should have done that every week. You're right. Yeah. And they instead they stuck him with Lord Tenzai and like tons of funk. That Tenzai went through like such a quick transformation from like he was supposed to be like their new A level dude, like A level yeah. heel. Anyway, yeah, Brodus Blair, like he showed promise, but then he just turned into just another big guy. Yeah, he didn't really Brodus. Do much. Protus probably has the best future, I think, out of anyone. He can go to Japan, and people will love oh, him. Oh, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. Well, I, that's the whole thing I'm thinking about now, is that what do these people do now? They go to indie it, like promotions. One of them, but just like they can comp- make pretty good money as ex-WWE talent. I know, but money. without a competitor, they're Can't, never uh, superstars again. There's, there's only one... Yeah. Main arena apparently now. Well, it's WWE. a couple, of, one or two of these guys could probably go to TNA and like make not even close to what they're making WWE, mm-hmm. but a decent living, mm-hmm. or going on the indie circuit and like really hustling and like, or move to Japan like yeah. MVP mm-hmm. did when MVP got featured endeavored. Who like MVP is a big otaku. Like I heard him refer to himself literally as an otaku, mm-hmm. and so he was just so excited to wrestle in Japan. Like and also his. His style, MVP learned a lot from Chris Benoit, and Chris Benoit learned a lot from the hard style of Japan. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it was, it, it translated well. Have you, I was reading up on it like, man, the, in, in the wrestling dojos to train somebody to be a pro wrestler in Japan, mm-hmm. like, it is like, is borderline like torture. Like, mm-hmm. it is, they treat you horribly. Way worse than any story you'll hear about a man. Probably where the kendo sticks. Oh, yeah. Have. They smack you like, did it wrong. Smack. Did it wrong. Smack. <laughs> uh, so up next, Evan Bourne, who... Poor Evan Bourne. Yeah. Speaking of somebody who likes to get high. Yeah, he loves it. He I, he was... Well, for, well, he was a high flyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was uh, in, in a tag team with Kofi Kingston called Airborne. After they lost to the tag team titles, or maybe it was because he got caught... Um, he failed their wellness policy and unlike most wrestlers who failed because they were taking some sort of mm-hmm. weird steroid or steroid alternative or mm-hmm. what have you he it was weed for him and you can't smoke weed is it no, no well they no i was reading this in bob holly's book mm-hmm. that it was just an open open secret that pretty much all the top level dudes <clears throat> smoked or ingested because like you have got to wind down after those mm-hmm. days. like you are so I, I read it. You're on the road with a bunch I, of friends. Yeah, I read it compared to this. They say, like, okay, imagine how it feels for you if you were to fly somewhere, mm-hmm. spend an eight-hour flight, another hour in a car, get to a hotel room, go to bed, like, and go immediately to bed. Like, how relaxed would you be? Mm-hmm. Now, imagine that you do that every day for nine months. <laughs> yeah. How, like, wouldn't you need something to unwind? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. so, yeah, it's pretty much all the... A lot of top guys did it, but if you were low level enough, like, is it? But did, would they use it as an excuse to get rid of somebody? Well, what happened was this was at the beginning of 2012. He failed their wellness policy, was suspended mm-hmm. for two months. During that time, he broke his leg in a car accident, so Jesus. was out for well over a year. Was he was like probably ready to wrestle really again? Strikes your employer as someone irresponsible, maybe. So like end of last year, he was probably he was finally ready to wrestle again, and just like. They didn't have anything ready for him. And then they were just like, well, we just won't use you at all. Wow. Which is so sad because, like, I think he definitely, like... Because if not for the weed thing initially... Well, he was an amazing high flyer. Like, he's he's not a compelling interview. Mm -hmm. But he is, like, a great middle card spot to just be, like... Just to see him do one of his, like, his crazy, like... uh, Like, it's not a moonsault. But, like, yeah, it's such an... It's a shooting star press that he does it better than anybody I'd ever seen. Like it was incredible to see it, and you want to see that even if he's sh- he's shitty on the mic. Like just have him wrestle. Yeah, it, it's unfortunate. That that did suck for him, like not being on TV and all that. But he basically got paid, despite the whole mm-hmm. car accident thing, which sucks. Mm-hmm. He was paid probably six figures to sit around for a year. Yeah, I mean that it's sounds crazy. pretty cool yeah. and get high a lot. I <laughs> yeah. Man, that sounds nice. You're getting high every day. Man. Yeah, Chris, take yeah. note if you yeah. can, if you can become a high flying wrestler <laughs> day one, then you can get high for a year after you break your leg. You could probably do that. Yeah, you have to sell it. I can sell it with pain. Yeah. Thirty four mm. is a great age to get in the pro. Yeah, I think so too. Man, Dave and I just played UFC in the creative character mode. 
you can create a character one year older than me, and that's the cutoff. Yeah, that is pretty uh, much the unless you're Randy Couture. The like, illusion that is, is gone. the end of your career. <laughs> like, pretty much. Wow, this is when I like I have to start worrying about teenagers that might beat me up. Yep, yeah. scared. So there was also Mark Harris who was a referee, mm-hmm. nope. but the final wrestler released was Yoshi Tatsu. Mm-hmm. Poor Yoshi Tatsu, who was a as his name implies. <laughs> His gimmick was that he was a Japanese wrestler, and they never really did anything more with that. So I was reading this article about how I ended up reading an article about this too for some. What about how WWE tried to go to Japan or tried no? To it was thing. about how it was. It read a lot of responses in relation to WWE's poor history with yeah. Asian wrestlers. I was reading. Well, this is a, se- a separate thing, but I was I was just reading up about like Japanese wrestling mm-hmm. and the history of it and stuff because there was a lot I didn't really know about it. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm trying to. You know, I like to know everything about everything, so I'm, yeah, I'm, no, trying I'm fascinated. To learn about it. But what's interesting to me is that like uh, WWE's never been able to really get into Japan. Really, like, so they like they don't broadcast it there. Uh, I think they do, and like they're definitely Japanese fans. Like mm-hmm. uh, one of the top level Japanese guys, uh, uh, Kenta. Mm-hmm. Like he wants to, and it seems like he's going to go to NXT because he was he he grew up loving WWE. Mm. So WWE is not unknown there, mm. and like like big time wrestlers in Japan, they love American wrestlers. Mm-hmm. But WWE has had trouble getting in there, and I think partially it's because in America they never elevate any Japanese stars. Like not mm. really. Like this has always happened. Like the uh, what was uh, God? I'm I'm to like Tajiri. They mm-hmm. made him into a joke. Like and he actually at least got to be menacing for a little bit, but yeah. then he just turned into a joke character. Same with um, uh, the Funaki and uh, uh, Kaintai. Kaintai yeah. was such a fucking joke, yeah. and they just think like, oh, isn't it funny? Japanese people say they don't speak like us. Ah. <laughs> Come on out of your Yokozuna. And I and I get well, Yokozuna was a, a fake a, anyway. Hawaiian. Like he was Hawaiian. <laughs> well, he wasn't. No, he was billed as Hawaiian, but he was actually Samoan. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it was just shit like that that. They always like Vince loves to make fun of Asian people. Like he loves it. <laughs> it, it. Based on what I've been seeing my whole life, not that he's like different. Like WCW handled them the same fucking way. Mm-hmm. Like they, these Japanese wrestlers who wrestle, many of whom wrestle a way stiffer, way tougher style than mm-hmm. Americans, are treated as like wusses who can't do anything. <laughs> and and they're just like Asian stereotypes. And is and fine. Is it because like. They can't. They can't give a promo because they can't speak English. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe they, maybe if they want to perform in WWE, which mm-hmm. involves a lot of acting and not wrestling, maybe they do need to learn more English, mm-hmm. like or at least learn how to phonetically say it better. Yeah, but that doesn't like that. I still think WWE just will never give a Japanese wrestler a real chance. Like even if they got one who was completely bilingual they're like yeah asians i don't know i just i'm not convinced like i feel like vince would feel that way well he i have right here the debut clip for yoshitatsu oh. to show how high uh how highly regarded they held him when they first debuted him uh-huh. this is shelton benjamin talking to him Big wrong night to come here. This is just ignorant. <laughs> because Gold Standard make his debut back on ECW tonight. And that bad for you. Classy. Wow. How long ago was that? That was... Well, he's om- saying ECW, so... Yeah, that was almost five years ago. Just a little bit over five years wow. ago. And, like, it, yeah, he never really was had much of a higher standing than that. No, but in Shelton Benjamin was the bad guy in that scene though. He wasn't supposed to be the cool guy making fun of the Asian. He was supposed to be bad. Yeah. So if that's so, and now the funny thing is Shelton Benjamin where's he wrestling? Japan. Mm-hmm. Like he moved to Japan has been wrestling there. Maybe they'll do the reverse of that. Partially because back. Well, I will say like if you look <laughs> at some of the big time Americans in Japan like 
one of the one of the top gaijin wrestlers of all time in Japan is Stan Hansen. Mm-hmm. And what's his character? He is a redneck Texan. Like that's his character. Just <laughs> He's like a punch out character. He chews tobacco, <laughs> wears a, wears a cowboy hat, rings a bell, and goes like, <laughs> "I'm wrestling for Texas, and when I talk about Texas, I got to take off my hat to tell him about Texas. I love Texas so much. I think you should do this character all the time. I'm reading Stan Hansen's book, which <laughs> Stan Hansen's book should be called. 50 pages of football you can skip. <laughs> it's his life story, and if he, he can tell his life story any way he wants, but I don't want to spend three goddamn chapters hearing about his childhood love of football, his high school football career, and then his college football career. It should not take that long to get to your first wrestling match, Dan. They should just at least mark them as different colored pages to be like, uh, should, this is where he can skip to. Shoji hasn't let, let everything go. Maybe that's what was most important to him. I know. Well, hey, hey, look, when it's my life story and I'm writing about it in a book, I'll, I'll talk about whatever I want to. And he should do the same. But just know <laughs> that, like, it's not fun to read about your, like, your high school career in football is not interesting. Yeah, anything up to what you're, anything from before what you're actually famous for and why I'm reading the book is usually <laughs> not what I want to hear. Yeah. All right, so that that's the entirety of the oh. cut roster from the WWE. Word. We Better wish luck. them all the best yeah. in their future endeavors. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I hoping... wish Henry the best in his future endeavors. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> hope the Yoshitatsu thing, if they really do bring in Kenta, who is an amazing worker, I really hope they've learned a lesson from how they treated Yoshitatsu and every other Japanese professional before him, like, this is 2014. Like, you can't do that kind of racist shit anymore. Like, Ring of Honor just did this great co-promotion event with New Japan, Shin Japan, and Shin Nippon Wrestling. And, like, they, it was a big deal, and they treated them with respect. There were no... The, mo- the only disrespectful thing at it was that the fans at ROH, who are usually the most respectful fans around... They seem to think it was funny to call one blonde wrestler Goku and keep chanting uh, it like Goku, Goku, <laughs> a blonde Japanese wrestler. It is funny. All right, so do you guys have plugs you'd like to share before we close Fuck up? Fuck yes, Dave. I think I'm probably in Florida right now or in Georgia pillaging the estate of my dead grandmother mm. um, but, or at a funeral. But we did put up an episode of Later Time um, this week. Later Time 2 and through. It was about failed trilogies, movies that got to 2. Now, yeah, unfortunately, Remo Williams' The Adventure Begins doesn't count because it got one movie. Mm. It's one and done. It's different. That adventure began. It's, and that's why it's not called failed trilogies. Speaking of Asian racism. Oh, man. What is that? Like a British actor? Joel Grey. Joel Grey dressed up as an Asian sensei or whatever. Korean, I have to assume. I think it was his whatever, yeah. But that, hey, Cape Crisis, the comic book ah! podcast that I host every week. We talk a lot about comic books. Learn all about Aquaman on this week's episode. Right after Ben Grimm. Uh, oh, v- VG Empire, Brett's VG Empire, and VG Game Apocalypse, which Dave is on this week. Yes, uh, all of your ex-wives' pussies taste like <laughs> sweet butter. butter. Sweet butter. <laughs> all of your wives. No, seriously, everyone listening, all of your wives' pussies. Mm-hmm. So you, got, <laughs> we you know this. Uh, yes, that's a cheap. That's a Cape Crisis. Joke. Yes, and uh, Laser Time on YouTube and Twitch. Mm-hmm. We just uh, we we recently streamed another game featuring men fighting in their underwear. Ah. Uh-huh. Yes. No, really yeah. fighting. None of this fake bullshit. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Rating reviewing on iTunes. Our last episode had uh, way better numbers than previous mm-hmm. ones, so that's really... Yeah, thanks, uh, guys. Yeah, thanks for that. Hopefully none of you will hear this in the near future. <laughs> But uh, to play us out, for what might be the last time, the theme song for Three Man Band. All right, guys. Drive a Hyundai Scalade. <laughs>